Kale Gundy resigned as Oklahoma Sooners wide receiver coach. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Sooners. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow Josh on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, just a shocking way to wake up for me this morning. I, I didn't see the news last night. You did. You texted me about it first or when it went down last night. So Kale Gundy in a post on Twitter, on social media, announced his resignation as one of the assistants for the Oklahoma Sooners. This is a guy who's been with Oklahoma now for, or had been with Oklahoma for 23 years, coaching a variety of positions, a very influential figure in the program, just in general, um, resigned due to the use of what he called uh, words, a word that nobody should ever use, um, and yeah, man, it, it really hit kind of Sooner Nation by storm last night. It did. And obviously that was quickly followed up by an official statement from Brent Venables via the OU football social media account where Brent Venables accepted very quickly Kale Gundy's resignation. It uh, obviously took everybody by storm, took everybody by surprise and Really, John, you know, dating back to the early 90s of Kale Gundy playing quarterback at the University of Oklahoma, it's really tough to tell the story of University of Oklahoma football over the past three decades without at some point mentioning the name Kale Gundy. He, he was synonymous with Oklahoma football, obviously, from the start of the Bob Stoops era on. Kale Gundy was a, a big fundamental piece of Oklahoma football. And as recently as Lincoln Riley making the decision to leave and go to USC, who did we heap a lot of the praise on? Who was one of the the big pieces that kind of kept all of this together uh, away from unraveling? It was Cale Gundy, right, alongside Bob Stoops. And yet here we find out, look, in today's day and age, John, I think the the biggest takeaway for me in all of this is that if you think that – there's certain actions that are forgivable or second chances that need to be doled out for certain actions. It's just a different world that we live in today in certain things, certain, we know what was said. We know what now was said, not once, but according to what Brent Venables put out there in his second statement was said multiple times in a team meeting. That's just a word that as a white man, Simply, you can't say, especially in a leadership position, John, and keep your job. And really, ultimately, I think it that's all it boils down to. I don't know that it boils down to much much more than that. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things that it's a difficult conversation to have because you look at it and, yes, he's reading somebody else's words. Yes, I mean, things can be said when you're upset. And if you're a coach and the guy's not paying attention – or if you're in any sort of leadership teaching position and somebody's not paying attention to you, it's upsetting. It's disrespectful. And yet, as you mentioned, like 
there's a reason why white, you know, white men, white women, we don't say those things because it is harmful. It is, it, it, it does create hurt because it's a word. If we're assuming correctly, it's a word that has such a long history of hurt and harm to the African-American community in this country. Uh, even as, you know, I, I lived over in Ethiopia, I worked with, you know, with people of various East African backgrounds, and sometimes they'd want to use that word too. And I'd, I'd kind of express to them and share with them like what, what the foundations and the history of that word mean and why people that generally aren't associated with the African-American community don't use that word is because it can be harmful and hurtful. And man, second chances, I'm all about forgiveness, all about second chances. At the same time, same time as, as Kale Gundy mentioned, like there are consequences. And, and, you know, I know that this is a guy that's been very, very instrumental in this program. And if probably anybody deserved to, to kind of be able to apologize and move on, it might be Kale Gundy. And yet, you know, you, you look at Jenny Carlson from the Oklahoma and her article, and, you know, just laying out everything that Brent Venables has tried to establish since coming to Oklahoma and talking about the details, talking about the finer points of what it means to have a, a program of integrity and trying to, to promote that, not just with the coaching staff, but with the players really trying to develop people and, and doing the right things, even when nobody's watching, doing the right things, even when it's you know not necessarily the popular thing. Um, this is kind of one of those instances where Brent Venables is kind of, he's backing up kind of his words uh, with doing the right thing, even though it may not be the popular thing. Um, I, I can understand why a lot of the fan base is upset and would like to keep Kale Gundy on board. I, I see, you know, the outpouring of support that's coming from the players. That's, you know, former players, you know, current players. I mean, this is a dude that's very well beloved and they know the man, you know, they know the man. And I think that speaks louder than, you know, this session, this film session about who he is. And so I think a second chance will come for him that there will be opportunities to get back into the coaching profession if he chooses to go that route. But in this instance, I think Kale Gundy's right in saying like, this would have been a huge distraction from what we're trying to accomplish as a program this season for the Oklahoma Sooners, because I mean, it's all everybody's talking about for the last 24 hours and it's going to continue to talk, be the, the talk of Norman until really the media is able to get, to Brent Venables and ask him questions and talk more about this because Brent Venables wasn't available after Monday's practice to speak with the media and kind of until he's able to talk more about it. And, and maybe even then it might still not go away. It might still be one of those things that sits there um, as uh, just something that sits under the radar in Brent Venables tenure as Oklahoma Sooners head coach is the guy that allowed Kale Gundy to resign. And so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different, things that, that kind of surround this. And um, while again, it wasn't his words, there are things that you just can't say. And you can understand me like a, a one-time slip of the tongue sort of a thing. At least I can. Maybe. But, you know, a repetitive, you know, slip, that, that's not as much of a slip. And, you know, again, we go back to this. Kale Gundy, very well-respected person in the Oklahoma Sooners program for three decades from coaches to players to parents of players, you know, recruits on the recruiting trail, probably even the ones that didn't come to Oklahoma might have a, a great appreciation and a respect for who Kale Gundy is. He's had a very strong impact on a lot of people's lives. And so you don't want 
something like this to completely take away from that. At the same time, it's, it's what's happening right now. And it's what we have to talk about. You know, there was so much support for Kale Gundy, which I think there should be right. He's got some good grace built up at the university of Oklahoma. John, he's been a part for again, a quarter century as an assistant coach, essentially, right. Let's just round up here a quarter century of an, as an assistant coach of changing young men's lives and predominantly changing young African-American men's lives, right? Mentoring, influencing them. Still, I thought it was out of all of the response notes that got shared, and we saw Joe Mixon come to bat for Kale Gundy. Gundy. We saw Samaj P. Ryan. We saw, you know, list the player after the player. There were a, a bunch of former players and some current players, right? And some current recruits that went and stuck up for Kale Gundy. And I thought DeMarco Murray did, but I thought one quote in the release that he put out, what happened in that meeting room was unacceptable. That to me struck a different chord than a lot of the other responses that were out there, which take from that what you will. I kind of took from it, and maybe I'm dead wrong on this with DeMarco Murray, but I sort of inferred from that that DeMarco Murray felt like maybe the the punishment fit the crime, so to speak. Yeah, and at the very least, he's not going to kind of undermine what's going on either. You know, Kale Gundy made the decision to resign. Brent Venables accepted the resignation, doubled down on saying the decision for Kale Gundy to resign was the right thing. And if you're, you know, the running backs coach, you probably don't want to kind of undermine any of that. At the same time, I think it's important that people do say like, hey, listen, it's it's not an acceptable phrase to use or acceptable word to use. And I, I, and I get where people are coming from on some of this, that he's, you know, the, the man, who he is, what he's done, all the things he's accomplished, you know, writing somebody's history based on a bad moment. You can't really do that at the same time. Like I mentioned before, there are consequences. And, you know, if I were to go to my, go to work and have, you know, a similar outburst in the nurse's station in front of all my coworkers. I don't know if I'd get to keep my job. I don't know. Like that, that may not be what happens. Um, And so, yeah, there's just certain things that just, that just happen. It's a result of it. And even like from a Kale Gundy perspective, like if you know that you hurt people in what you said, would you, would you be able to go and, and kind of continue to lead that wide receiver room? Would you be able to go into, you know, homes of recruits and be able to actively recruit um, kids to, to come to Oklahoma to play for you? You know, how much more challenging would that be once this came out? And could the could the Oklahoma Sooners have kind of bit bitten the bullet and kept him? Absolutely, they could have. But from a kind of integrity point of view, and I think Carlson hit the the note on the nail on the head in her article, like. This was something that had to happen. And, you know, you, you hate to see people lose their jobs, and especially somebody as well-respected as him. But for Brent Venables to continue to lead through this with integrity to, to say, like, this, the little things are important. Everything matters. You know, even best is not good enough. Like, we have to, we have to be better than best. 
you have to hold everybody to that same standard. Like, you know, he, I remember in one of his press conferences early in the, in the off season, he talked about like, not only are the coaches and the players going to be held to a standard of excellence, but even the fan base, like he's calling the fan base to live to a high standard of excellence for the program as they're trying to develop and move into the sec. So it's just a very, like, I don't know. It's a complicated, it's a complicated problem, a complicated issue that you, you hate to see, you know, this happened with the man and, and I'm, we're probably not, even, I'm not even doing it justice. I don't think in the conversation here. Well, let me be clear. I think Kale Gundy is a good man. I do not think Kale Gundy is a racist man. I think Kale Gundy made a mistake and I agree with what you touched on kind of off the top or maybe midway through about what Jenny Carlson wrote. Brent Venables is trying to establish and build a culture. And in this instance, yeah, you're dang right. This is the first legitimate. Yeah, there's been other hurdles along the way, but this is the first big hurdle as head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners that Brent Venables has faced. This is the first true major fork in the road. And Brent Venables had either direction that he could take. Obviously, he took the direction of I'm going to practice what I preach and I'm going to practice that this is not going to be acceptable for my program going forward. And ultimately, John, the more that we find out about this situation, even at first, when I first woke up this morning and it wasn't, hey, it might have been multiple instances that the word was used, that the offensive language was used. I thought even with once, initially, I'll admit, I had some reservations that, man, you know, Kale Gundy's done so much for this program. And I, I don't at my core feel that he's this guy or he's a racist. Maybe he deserves that second chance. But having slept on it, even just if it was the one occasion, kind of woke up and thought, you know what? Oh, you probably got this right. They probably made the right decision. Multiple instances. Okay, now you combine that with what Brent Venables is trying to practice here, John. And I just think that, again, given that, what Brent Venables wants this to become, and then let's not kid ourselves either. Oklahoma's history, recent history on this campus with the SAE incident and several other things that have happened along the way. OU didn't have a ton of wiggle room here in terms of how they could approach a racial situation like this. Oklahoma couldn't appear like it's just, okay, well, you know, it's okay for him to have a second chance because he's been here a long time. It's a stronger statement that Kale Gundy has been an Oklahoma lifer, has been a foundational piece for a quarter century for OU, and Brent Finables and OU is still willing to say, you know what, while it's a resignation, let's not kid ourselves. It was, hey, it's time for both of us to go our separate ways. And it's going to have an impact. I mean, we already saw a guy like Jaquez Petaway have a response, a guy that, um, you know, it's a big-time, you know, commitment for the Oklahoma Sooners. Or he hasn't committed yet. I'm no, lost on Jaquez. Okay, he has committed. You know, just the, the emoji, like, you know, it's, it's kind of like a weird emoji thing. That just I, I think, like, because he's been such an impactful recruiter for the Oklahoma Sooners, you know, we don't want to minimize everything that, that went down on – in, in that film session, but there is no, a football a aspect football to this. To it. There's a football aspect to this. So we get a new, you know, wide receiver coach. Damian Washington is going to be a you know, the interim wide receivers coach for whoever knows how long. So that's going to create a change in the dynamic of how the wide receiver room might get used, you know, how they're doing their film sessions, things like that. It, I mean, it, it could be great. 
We don't know, but there's going to be a bit of a change there. So the rest of this fall camp is going to be interesting to see how that all plays out, how the wide receivers get prepared for the regular season. And even the week-to-week game planning and preparation for their opponents, that's going to change. You're, you're removing you know, a very, very experienced assistant coach, a guy who's spent his whole life coaching the offensive side of the football, not just the wide receiver position, but running backs and tight ends and quarterbacks. He's done it all. So you're removing him from the equation on that front. And so it's going to create a bit of a different dynamic for this team as they go week to week throughout the season. I mean, over the next month, I think they'll be able to manage and they'll be able to to adjust. But when the time frame is shorter and you're having to go from Saturday, you just played Nebraska to, you know, Monday, we got to start prepping for K-State. That's that. That's a whole different ball game. You only have a few days to start to do your game prep and get ready to go for that next week. And so, losing that experience, that's that's going to be that's going to be you know key, and it's going to be a bit tricky for this Oklahoma Sooners team. And then on the recruiting trail, like that, that's going to have a big impact. I mean, guys that he's already you know been in their houses, been you know talking to families and things like that. You know, who knows what the level of impact that's going to have over this you know the rest of the twenty twenty three recruiting cycle goes, but. Yeah, it, there's a football component to this that's going to be heavily impacted by Kale Gundy's absence. Which is bigger for you? This was, you know, not necessarily something I debated on the radio side, but it did seem that people were opinionated in which way they fell on this. Which gets impacted more in your mind? Oklahoma recruiting by what happened here with Kale Gundy's resignation or on field for Oklahoma in 2022, because I do think there's potentially an on field impact because of some of the the reasons you mentioned there. Now, LaDamian Washington, for me, John, I kind of, as soon as he got named as an offensive analyst, and it's easy, I guess, to sit here and say this now, but I'm not sure that Cale Gundy was necessarily long for that wide receiver's job to begin with. I think that there's a very realistic possibility that Brent kind of had his next wide receivers coach sitting there in place and waiting as an offensive analyst in LaDamian Washington. So that part, I think Sooner fans can take a little bit of solace in, but welcome to the show, right? And it's an Oklahoma position group that has, I think, a superstar talent in Marvin Mims, potentially has another one in Theo Weiss. But outside of that, Number three, we've been asking, who's the number three wide receiver for Oklahoma? Okay, they signed a couple of really talented freshmen. Jaden Gibson, Nick Anderson, are are those guys going to be ready to step up? It is a – I don't think that they hire anybody else between now and the season, John. I just don't think there's enough time there. I know that Malcolm Kelly's a name that has gotten floated around by Oklahoma fans, and obviously he's been a wide receivers coach at TCU and has done a good job. I just don't see Malcolm Kelly this close before kickoff leaving TCU, jettisoning, even even for Oklahoma to come back to OU to be the wide receivers coach. So I think it's going to be LaDamian Washington. And he's he's got plenty of talent, John, but he's also got his work cut out for him in what is essentially, I think, a long-term job interview this season for LaDamian Washington. So, okay, backtracking there, where do you think all of this fits? With kind of laying that out, the 2022 on-field results or recruiting, where's the bigger impact in this? I'll tell you, it's going to be 
right after the break. I want to talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, Josh. So I think this is going to have a bigger impact on the kind of week-to-week in-season, the 2022 season, than it will on the recruiting trail. One, they've already kind of got their guys for the 2023 class, right? They got, you know, Jaquay's Bedaway. They've got uh, Keon Brown. They've got, you know, there's, they're in great shape with Anthony Evans. Who knows how much this impacts that? So even if, but even if they don't get Anthony Evans and they are able to get Pettaway and Brown to signing day, get them signed, I think they'll be able to have enough time to get that 2024 class under, you know, underway have a good, you know, getting good standing with those guys. I think that the bigger impact is going to be this season in the week to week game planning, preparation, helping, you know, the wide receivers watch film, go through their study, things like that, watching for defensive, you know, breaking down opposing defenses. I think that's going to be the, the bigger trick because, I mean, Latinian Washington, he's probably been the guy working on technique and route running and hands and skills, all that kind of stuff. Kale Gundy, I mean, great coach, but how much are we relying on him to work on, you know, releases and cuts and, you know, getting out of your slant at the right depth so that Dylan Gabriel can hit you in the right spot. I mean, I feel like that's probably more a LaDamian Washington role, whereas Gundy is probably more, let's break down the film. Let's do that. And, and kind of setting the agenda for what, the wide receiver room is going to be working on, you know, week to week or practice to practice, things of that nature. So I think, I think it's going to be a bigger impact in season. And that's not to say like, well, Washington is probably going to be able to break down film pretty well, but with all the experience that Kale Gundy has just the years, years and years and years of experience, I mean, he's seen it all. And so when you have a guy like that in your locker room that can go into your wide receiver room and say, Hey, this is what the quarterback's look doing, or this is what, sorry, this is what the linebacker's doing. This is what the safety's doing. This is what you need to be looking for. If we've got an option route here, when the cornerback drives, you know, takes a you know 10, 10 yard uh, depth, then you're going to take that curl route, that seven yard curl. If they're going to play press man, then you're going to take him over the top and you're going to go deep. Like he's going to help be able to break some of the more the finer things of defenses down. You know, watching for safety help, things like that. And so again, not to dis to discount what LaDamian Washington is going to be able to do either. But again, you just, you can't take away that 30 years of experience and not have an impact. I think Jeff Levy is going to be able to help this, this team recruit. Jackson Arnold is going to help this team recruit. I mean, uh, the guys that they're looking at in 2024, whichever one they end up signing at quarterback, they're going to help this team recruit wide receivers. Oklahoma is never really going to suffer at the wide receiver position, but I think what's going to be impacted most will be, the 2022 season. I think we'll have a good indication on the recruiting side quickly, right? If you're going to get a decommitment here or it's going to, you know, long-term hurt you in 2024, I think probably both would happen. First of all, I think you'd lose the commitment from either Petaway or Brown or just not earn the commitment. 
from Anthony Evans. So I think we're going to have an answer on that front pretty quickly. And then we'll see right about 24, what that, what that winds up transpiring. Having said that, I agree with you. You know my stance. It's my evergreen stance when it comes to skill guys in the University of Oklahoma. This is a black cloud right now over Oklahoma. This is a stain on the program right now. It looks bad. It sounds bad. It is bad for the University of Oklahoma. But you know what? Oklahoma going to get skill guys because Oklahoma always finds talented skill guys. So I agree with you. I think it is the game-to-game the tangible effect on 2022. And I would take us back just to the Valero Alamo Bowl, John. Lincoln Riley leaves and goes to USC. And who is the offensive coordinator for Oklahoma in the game? It's Cale Gundy, right? I mean, Cale Gundy is who Oklahoma, now I get, that's the really the one time in his career he got to call plays. But guess what? He did a great job and he was ready to step up into the plate and uh, handle that role when given the opportunity. So, Kale Gundy has been that type of sounding board historically for Oklahoma from an offensive perspective. I mean, he's gotten his – he's gotten involved with a bunch of different position groups historically. I mean, you think about his work with the running backs and the wide receivers and then taking on that role as an offensive coordinator when asked, this is someone that was a valuable, valuable offensive mind for Oklahoma for an extended period of time. So I just don't think you could sit there – even as great as the Damian Washington might grow to be, or who knows, maybe he's ready for this right here, right now. And by the time 2022 is all said and done, we look back on it and say, why were we worried about any sort of replacing of a wide receivers coach? I don't know. Something tells me though, that it's worth at least monitoring and keeping an eye on, because again, you do have uh, someone that's stepping into a role that quite frankly, they just haven't had yet. Yeah, and I think what it comes down to is we we trust Brent Venables. You know, he doesn't put people in positions unless he thinks they're capable of of handling those positions. So we 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 are seeing it with Miguel Chavis. Like this was a guy stepping into a position coach role for the first time in his career. I think everybody is really happy with the early returns from Miguel Chavis. I think there's no reason to believe that Ladamian Washington isn't going to be able to step into that role and handle it well. And, and again, you like you mentioned, a talented wide receiver group, uh, you're just losing a, a lot of valuable experience. I mean, think of all the offensive coordinators that he's worked on under in his time um, at Oklahoma. I mean, you could arguably talk about this guy as the one that ushered in kind of the passing offense back in the late 80s, early 90s. You know, up until that point, Oklahoma was kind of a running team. And then here Which he comes one? and sets – yeah, and, and here he comes and sets up, you know, all these passing records and – you know, yes, there was a decade between his his tenure and then Josh Heupel when Heupel broke all those records. But, I mean, it kind of turned the tide of what Oklahoma offense could look like in the future. And so, yeah, there might be more to this story that comes out over the next, you know, week, two weeks, three weeks. We may never know all of the story. But I think just kind of the general takeaway here is that Cale Gundy believed what he did was wrong and resigned Brent Venables agreed. And this is something that came through over the course of days. Like this isn't, wasn't a spur of the moment decision. I feel like it seems like everybody kind of thought through this process. And this is the conclusion that everybody came to was, was what was best for Cal Gundy and for the university of Oklahoma. Yeah. And I just would be remiss if I didn't say that 
it's been sad, right? It's been a sad set of events that has unfolded here. And far be it for me to not hop on this microphone, on this platform, on this show, and tell you that I think that Oklahoma got it right, that there was punishment that needed to happen here for Kale Gundy. But I do applaud Kale Gundy for accepting his role in this, obviously, and accepting the fact that he, he needed to step aside at the University of Oklahoma. And I do think it's worth mentioning that, you know, Kale Gundy, what he's done at OU is not just forgotten magically and completely tarnished based on one mistake. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to end tonight's show. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked On Sooners, wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms. Make sure you subscribe to the show on YouTube as well. Um, let us know how you feel about the Kel Gundy situation. I'm sure some of you are going to uh, look forward to those responses. I know it's it's a complicated issue, um, and it has a, it brings a lot of feelings. If you need to use the comment section on YouTube to kind of process those feelings, feel free. Uh, I'll try Just to read through some of those. I'll try to read through some of those as much as I can, as best as I can. Um, but as Josh said, it's a sad day for, for Kale. You know, prayers out to his family and, for, and to him. I know it's probably a hard day for him as well as uh, probably more so than, than anybody. Um, you know, and then prayers out to those kids, you know, the, the athletes that uh, were in there. You, know, you just kind of hope that you know, there's some restoration there as well. And, and you know. I don't know. That's kind of the, the, the place probably where to end it. Um, but again, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back with another episode uh, tomorrow where we'll start kind of talking more about fall camp and what we're looking forward to uh, this season and what might be uh, considered a successful season for the Oklahoma Sooners. But until then, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.